Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Why does the hiring of Shane Waldron mean the Chicago Bears are going to have to go out and get more weapons for this offense to truly succeed? We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to talk about Matt Eberflus reportedly defending Justin Fields in OC interviews and what that could mean. Probably not as much as what the people are making it seem. And we're going to get into the mailbag. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes. But more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So we know that Shane Waldron is the OC now. We also know that he's already got started interviewing members to kind of fill out his staff. And we talked a little bit on, on last night's live stream about the input that Shane Waldron could have on the Chicago Bears roster, be it in the draft or anything else. But one of the things that really stand out is that the Bears are going to need to go after more weapons. And even though we already expected that coming into this offseason, but Shane Waldron's offense truly thrives when you have more options out there. When you look at it last season, the Chicago Bears had two primary catchers in DJ Moore and Cole Komet. Both set in career years. DJ Moore with 96 receptions, 1,364 yards and eight touchdowns. And, career, and Cole Komet also with career highs at 73 reception, 719 yards and six touchdowns. When it came down to it, DJ Moore and Cole Komet were the two highest producers in the receiving game for the Chicago Bears. And the drop-off after those guys were major. Darnell Mooney, who was the third leading pass catcher with 31 receptions and 414 yards and one touchdown. No matter if you're looking at the Seahawks or looking at the Rams, when Shane Waldron is either the offensive coordinator or the passing game coordinator, they had two receivers lead the team in both receptions and yards with the tight end being the third leading pass catcher. And that is just something that's been consistent in Shane Waldron's system. So yes, the Bears are going to have to, whether it's in free agency or if it's in the draft, get another big-time receiver, but this is something that we already expected, that we wanted to see for the Chicago Bears, and that's regardless of what happens with the quarterback situation, is that we're going to need another big-time receiver when it comes down to it, and that's the, the beauty of Shane Waldron's game. We talked about on yesterday's episode how uh, uh, being under center more is a key to Shane Waldron's game, as well as passing on non-traditional passing downs and how that helps the offense be more than more dynamic than what the Bears have had in here for a while. So it's important that Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren go out and get weapons for Shane Waldron in this upcoming year if we really want to take advantage of what's going out there. Now, you guys know, I have my guy that I would love the Bears to get in, Marvin Harrison Jr. To me, you take him. It is what it is. But even outside of that, there, there are, uh, Rome is a big one. Malik Neighbors is a big one. These are guys that absolutely can come in and help execute the way that Shane Waldron's uh, team needs to be executed and on top of other things right especially as we're going to be under center more we do need to go after a center position things like that but do not be surprised if the bears do target and i know a lot of people are saying well offensive tackle we need alignment and we do let's be clear here but 
with having Shane Waldron in, the balance that we're going to strike between where do we get veterans and where do we go young at? And the fact of the matter is this, young wide receivers or veteran wide receivers are going to probably be more expensive. So you may look for the Bears to go after, because there are so many really good wide receivers in this draft, to use one of their first round picks to go wide receiver, whereas they may go uh, offensive lineman in the in free agency to kind of shore up some things to make sure they have veterans out there that can go after. There are also some that used to be on that Seahawks that could become available, especially center. But we'll talk about that when we get closer to free agency and we start breaking down those free agent targets, possibly for the Chicago Bears. But I do think that it, you, you look at that. There are some some wide receivers that absolutely would would come into Shane Waldron's system and thrive. And so the offensive coordinator position, it isn't easy. And it isn't something that, you know, we can look at on paper and, 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 and I can simplify it and talking about it and things like that. But the, the fact is this, is that when you look at it, uh, Seahawks last year, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, look at the number of targets and receptions that both those guys have. Look at the number of yards. Look at the touchdowns, right? Those are things that you can definitely expect. And that is why we talked about that there is a slight chance that Darnell Mooney could come back, especially as a slot guy. Still expect the Chicago Bears to go after and get a, a true number two, but the nature of Shane Waldron's system in that passing game, it really dictates having more weapons so that you can spread that ball out as much as possible and vary that passing game. So expect the Bears to really go after weapons, and that's going to be something that definitely helps Shane Waldron's system look the best that it can. It puts the Bears in a, in a, in a better situation, and I hope to see the Bears really be aggressive in whatever they do in free agency to set up what they then do in the draft. We, we were very um, I want to say restrictive, but we were very intentional in how we spent our money last year. And we're going to be intentional yet again. I think every every year that Ryan Poles, as long as he's uh, leading this team, we're always going to be intentional where and how we spend our money. But now that you have a new offense coming in and an offense that is going to take some of the same sensibilities but execute it better um, than what we had, is that you're going to see you're going to see them spend a lot of money on, on on some of those key positions for the Chicago Bears. So let me know what you guys think on that, man. I, I now look at Shane Waldron. I know a lot of people are excited and rightfully so. Um, I, I think that this is going to be big for DJ Moore. It's going to be big for uh, for Cole Komet. It's going to be big for people who can also catch passes out of the backfield like a Roshan Johnson. But we're going to have to really look at some things. And so um, you, you also want to look at the fact that Todd Gurley as well. When you look at it in 2018, he was the third leading receptions on yards for the Rams. So that could open up some things for Roshan. And when you hear people say things like Khalil Herbert, we may have to upgrade. Khalil Herbert's a dog. Do not get me wrong. But we're going to need that solid pass catching out the backfield as well because Waldron is going to put one thing that's for damn sure. We're going to pass the ball a lot more than what we passed it to before. So let's hope that the Bears end up doing that and we'll see where that takes us. But with that said, it came out yesterday that Matt Eberflus was defending Justin Fields in OC interviews. And this has been taken a lot of ways. I told you guys, nobody knows exactly what the Bears are doing. Everybody, all these articles you see, did the Bears tip their hand? Did the Bears do this? Um, but I think that it, I don't doubt that Matt Eberflus defended Justin Fields. But I also don't doubt that it was part of a sales pitch along the lines of, hey, we have a lot of options if you come here to be our offensive coordinator. We have the number one overall pick. We can go quarterback. We also have a young quarterback here that needs some developing that we think that you can really develop in Justin Fields, but we have it open on which way we want to go. And and there were going to be some defenses on what Justin Fields does well in that because there are things that you can absolutely defend, and we've talked about it. There's reason to believe with improvements made to this team what Justin Fields can turn into with the proper development and the proper coaching staff to bring that out of him. 
but I believe that it's an overall sales pitch. You guys know I'm a Justin Fields guy, but I even with me being a guy who would love to see Justin Fields stay on this team and the Bears be able to thrive and build a system where he's going to grow and develop, I, I also can't, I'm not going to take these little nuggets that we're getting as things and signs and saying, oh, this, this team is tipping their hair and they're absolutely keeping Justin. I won't say that either. I don't think that this front office has made the decision yet. And so hearing that Matt Eberflus defended, defended Justin Fields, I, do, I, I, I have to take that as meaning it was part of the overall pitch on trying to bring offensive coordinators here to see what that offensive coordinator's sensibilities and feelings were if the, on either route that this Chicago Bears franchise decides to go with that number one overall pick. That's just how football works. That is how it works. And when you're trying to bring in an offensive coordinator or any coach, you want to sell them on all the possibilities and make sure that regardless of what you decide, they're a coach that can thrive and get the most out of whatever that situation is. So while those articles and those things are going to be taken and you're going to see it, it's it's a lot of noise. And there's a lot of noise right now around the Chicago Bears in general. It's going to be there. It's to be expected. So I don't want to say that like it's something that we all shouldn't expect this offseason. There's going to be a lot of that around the Bears. And that is by the nature of we're doing something that was unprecedented. Having the first overall pick two years back-to-back at a time where you have a quarterback that was just drafted three years ago, but that still has a lot of concerns, some signs of positivity. There's a lot around that. We're in that unique situation in every outlet, every sports outlet, from ESPN to BearsFart.com, ChicagoBearsFart.com, uh, .net, whatever it is, those guys are still going to have those articles because it's the conversation piece around it. And the conversation is more than just, it's larger than just the Chicago Bears as well. You got teams that are interested or fans of teams that are interested in their team trading for that number one overall pick to get a Kayla Williams, to get a Drake May, that are also watching every single thing that comes out about what the Bears could do with this number one overall pick. And like I said, it just comes with the territory. And then you have people like Mal, uh, Mel Kuyper coming out with his mock draft that completely doesn't take anything of what the Bears need outside of the of the quarterback situation into it. And Mel Kuyper is just like any other sports analyst. He's going to contradict himself year after year. It just is what it is. And yeah, Mel Kuyper had reasons for, for choosing uh, Kayla Williams over Justin Fields. And there is reasons for that, right? But at the end of the day, it's just still you have those those things and those outlets. And like I said, with the national lamestream media at this point, it's just as bad as some content creators out there. It, it, it They do things that are going to get the clicks rather than do things from the integrity of journalism. And again, I'm not a journalist, so fuck with that. Fuck all that integrity with journalism. I just have integrity as somebody who's going to talk about my team. I'm going to talk about all aspects from it regardless because this is my team. And that's and that's the thing that is separated from a lot of the national media this the bears aren't their team the bears are their story and that is where you get the difference between us the people that do this on youtube the people that do this in for 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 the love of the team the people like just another year chicago the tape never lies even though i don't really watch them too much but the tape never lies i have no doubt that they absolutely love the chicago bears franchise pat the designer right swifty these guys are, are people who legitimately love this team and love this franchise and so while they may have their thought process on what they want to see this team do, the, the root of it is that they love this team and they're going to, if, if it's successful, they're going to support it. These people like Mel Kuyper, these people that are on Fox, these people that are on ESPN, they don't give a shit about the Chicago Bears. They don't really give a shit about Justin Fields or Caleb Williams. They give a shit about what is going to get them the most attention for their takes. And that is why you don't see me do a lot of or talk a lot about what 
that the national media says about this team and this franchise because I've come disenfranchised at a point with the national media. And I don't say that to really stand on a high horse. It, don't get me wrong. There are some people in the national media that truly care about what they do, that truly care about the things that they stamp their name to. I'm not painting with a broad brush on everybody, right? But there are so many people that it's about the story. It's not about the team. It's not about the franchise. It's not about what's going to be the best. And that's why I say, despite me being somebody who would love to see Justin get an opportunity with a better offensive line, more weapons, and a different offensive coordinator, what Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren decide, if it ends up being what's best for the franchise, that's what's best for the franchise. I love this franchise. And whatever is going to get us to the place that we need to get to, if we're winning, I'm going to support it. That's just what it comes down to. And so you don't have those attacks. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. That's from a lot of these other people, even some of the people that are in covering, you know, uh, Bears. And we'll get on David Kaplan in, in another uh, state and time. So while these mock drafts and Mel Kuyper, who is a, it was a draft guru, I don't want to take away from what Mel Kuyper and his, and his insight on these players and what teams may do in the draft and, you know, him, him kind of knowing what, what, what would be the best fit sometimes. I don't want to take away from that, even in me, you know, in this Chicago Bears thing, me really feeling like he throws some shade in some things and, and says some things that are just asinine. Um, but it's, it's just different for me. And that's why you just, me personally, when I'm on this show, when I'm the host of these daily episodes, Bobby and C-Dub have their own thing, right? Um, but when I am, I don't really go to a lot of the national media conversation. I may talk about it, give my thoughts on it, but I don't break down like, oh, this person said this, so that must mean it's true because... A lot of these guys are just searching for the story. A lot of these guys are just searching for what's going to get clicks. A lot of these guys are just searching for, and, and, and they'll change it. They'll literally flip the narrative year after year. Mel Kuyper is one of those guys. So it, it, it is what it is. Like I say, take everything with a grain of salt. Do your own research. Go and actually look where some of these articles and these things are kind of rooted in because you also get the people who really kind of take a snippet of something and then they'll turn it to mean something completely, completely different than what it was initially intended to be, and then have the fans that don't have the time to do the research, don't have the time to break everything down, they'll, they'll inform them on something that's just not real. But, hey, I'm sorry. That's my TED Talk for today. I'm Hayes. Welcome to my TED Talk. With that said, let's go ahead and get, let me shut up for a minute. Let's get into the voicemails that we have for today. Um, and this first one, this one is from Donovan. What's going on, Hayes? What's going on, team? It's your boy, Donovan, man. Hey, shout out to everybody, man. We got our new OC in Shane Waldron, man. Hey, I like it. I like the patience about it. I like the diversity and the, well, not diversity, because it was mainly offensive um, quarterback gurus and Sean McVay type, West Coast type um, OCs. But I like the multitude of, of OCs that we interviewed. And some of them probably be on the cast. Who, I mean, on the, on the staff. Who, who fucking knows? But you know what I'm saying? We we pushing in the right direction. I like the Shane Waldron move, man. It's very very inspiring. I feel like the DC, the defensive coordinator move. I love Chris Harris. Love what he brings. I feel like he can open up this this secondary for real, for real. But I don't think we're gonna have. In fact, I know we're not gonna have as many candidates. 
So Chris Harris is probably a finalist type shit, but you know what I'm saying? I, I like what we did. I like the patience we had as far as making this move and making the exact best move. You know what I'm saying? They can not only help this team, but also help people like Matt Eberflus and really being the coach we need him to be. Cause I'm not going to lie. I know everybody's not fond of him. I'm not really fond of him, but I'm sick of this coaching carousel we going through. Give us at least somebody who, who, who can fucking do this shit. So I'm like, if Matt Eberflus is your fucking guy, I mean, he needs to fucking go prove it. And I feel like signing, like Shane Waldron and stuff, people with experience, I'm going to repeat that, experience can really bring him to where he got to be because it was just a bunch of first-timers and people who weren't as good as, as whatever the fuck they thought they were going to be before this. But Shane Waldron worked with a bunch of coaches, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like he's going to really take us to where we got to be as far as Justin Fields and, and Caleb Williams. Who fucking knows? Who knows? Whichever one, we gonna be set, straight, ready. I hope it's Justin Fields because we could really turn him to what everybody is scared of him becoming. That's why everybody hate him because they scared of what he can fucking become. But anyways, I hope he stays a Chicago Bear, and I hope Shan Waldron turns him into a fucking god. But yeah, man, a hey, shout out to everybody, man. And as far as um, I don't know, as far as that that conversation goes, just leave that shit alone, man. As far as the quarterback conversation, we're not gonna see nothing. Ryan Pose, he left it under the air, especially with this with this signing here. Oh, hold on. All right, the Shane Waldron hire. I think that you know it's not universal. There are some d- doubts and concerns, and there there are some even concerns of what Shane Waldron brings as an offensive coordinator. But the fact is, is that we improved, and that is the biggest thing in this: is that we improved and we're putting ourselves in a situation to have an offense that is much better and in a better place than what it was last year. Again, notice I didn't say anything about the personnel. We'll talk about that as we go forward and we start seeing what the Bears are doing personnel-wise. But Shane Waldron brings a lot of that. And it was clear that the Bears did want to look at a specific type of offense, and they were also looking from a, from almost exclusively from a specific type of coaching tree with the Sean McVay coaching tree. So that's what the Bears wanted. That's what they did. And like I said, even some of those same things that you're now seeing from Sean McVay, that's what the Bears thought they were getting in Luke Getze. He just ended up sucking. And so, you know, having now the Bears really go after and be as aggressive as what they were, going out and getting their interviews, going through that full slate, it was important to see that the Bears did that because, listen, you want to see this offense take off, and it's not going to take off if you kept somebody like Luke Getze in that spot. It just wasn't to. So Sean McVay, I'm sorry, not Sean McVay, uh, Shane Waldron is coming in, and he's definitely going to help improve where this team is. Now, we got to go out and do it with the defensive coordinator as well. And I know a lot of people are like Chris Harris because there's a lot of reason, like former Bear, been on the coaching staff before, all those type of things. Everything is there to where Chris Harris could definitely be the guy to come in. He's not going to call plays. Either person that we looked at so far has not had play calling experience, so that's not shocking there. But the Bears next, getting that defensive coordinator position uh, uh, position right because it's going to be a guy that helps bring in that edge to this team, that helps bring in that fight, right? that we need and that we're trying to develop with the Chicago Bears team, we have the bones of a really good off, really good defense, really, really good defense, a young secondary, a stud on the defensive line, some young players coming up on the wings of that defensive line, a linebacking core that you don't have to worry about here for, for a little while. You may have to add some depth pieces there, right? And so we have that. And now how can we go out in free agency and, and kind of build that up? But then you want that coordinator there because Matt Eberflus still has things he overarching needs to do as a head coach. Who's going to be that to help set that tone and that identity? We set a nice foundation towards the end of last year after acquiring Montez Sweat. 
Now, let's use that foundation to build something really good on and then and then have that identity as the as whatever the was I say monsters of the midway for lack of better terms in this one. But that's what we need. And so if he does end up being the hire, having him and Shane Waldron as the coordinators is a tall and a different order than having Allen Williams and Luke Getze with where we started off last season. So I love the way that we're going in and doing this. And hopefully this starts to repair some of the faith that Bears fans lost in where this franchise is. And so we end up seeing, man, I love Ryan Poles. I like the way that he makes decisions. And we end up seeing where it ends up going, man. But all right, let's get into this next one. This one's from Oliver. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, Hayes, Bobby, C-Dub, Devo, everybody over there at CBC. This is your boy Oliver here from Miami. Anyway, hey, congrats on the um, hiring of Shane Walden. He was my first choice anyway. I said like this when we were looking for offensive coordinators. It was either going to be, for me, Shane Walden or Clint Kubiak. Either one of those guys. And I'm glad that they did pick Shane Walden. Now, on the other part, now continuing on that, I'll get to that later. Continuing on that, all the other cats that they interviewed, Greg Roman, Brown, uh, Zach Robertson, all that. Now, what if, this, if Poles is doing this? What if he goes ahead and that, all those guys they interviewed turn out to be the whole offensive staff? I can see Roman being the tight ends coach. Brown running that coach, Zach Robinson being the wide receiver coach, passing coordinator, that sort of thing, because that was their thing. So you, you basically, Shane Waldron could put together an offensive staff that'll be like the goddamn Justice League. I'm just saying. Now, on the defensive side, yes, yes, bring him home. Bring Chris Harris home. He was my guy. guy. When, when we had the, when he uh, played in the Super Bowl back here in 2006, right here in my backyard of Miami, we should have won it, damn it, if it weren't for the rain. But nonetheless, yes, because Chris Harris knows the culture. He's a former player. He knows how to, how to, how to, uh, tap a two run. And plus on top of that, he can show a few pointers to our DBs, especially to, uh, Jaquan Briscoe. And, and Eddie Jackson, if he come back or take a pay cut, may not come back at all, you know. So, or either that, they can go in the draft and go get Cam Kitchens from the U, from University of Miami, right here in my backyard. You know, he's 6'5", 200, and he runs like a 4'4", 240, and he hit, he's a hitter. Plus, he played with Tyreek Stevenson, Thank you, just saying, come April. But with that, shot town up, bear down, Florida down, Miami down. Peace. How many of the OC candidates will become members of staff? Now, I think some of them. I won't say that all of them because some of them have already started interviewing for coordinator and other positions with other teams. And we haven't heard that Shane Waldron has interviewed any of those guys yet. I do think some of them are going to come on. I talked about Zach Robinson episode or two ago. Greg Olson reportedly, you know, he's he's interviewing for other things, but he could eventually come in if he strikes out on those other places as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of these guys become part of the staff of the Chicago Bears. It won't be all of them, but I do think that some of those guys are going to end up hearing their names called as as part of the offensive coaching staff for the Bears, and it makes sense. They were all on the same coaching staff at one point under Sean McVay. Some of them are have been on that before, so they, they have that knowledge, that shorthand of the way that you communicate and the style that they're going to be trying to push with the Chicago Bears team, and that's a big key there. Now, as far as Chris Harris, much like I said with the last voicemail, there are absolutely pros and cons to how I Chris Harris on as your defensive coordinator. Absolutely that. And so you you really have to look and weigh that on. What is it going to be? What is he really going to bring here? And I listen, I don't I don't have 
a whole hell of a lot of bad to say. He's been in Chicago before, so you know he likes the city. The fact that he's been here as a player, as a coach, and interviewed last year for a position and just interviewed for another one. So being loyal to the team and understanding what it takes to be a Chicago Bear, really good at that. The fact of the matter is as well that he knows his job and can thrive in that, especially while Matt Eberflus is going to be still calling plays. He's never called play. So he's getting a promotion without having a lot of extra things thrown, extra responsibilities thrown towards him, which I think he can definitely thrive in. And so it comes down to that. There are some cons in that as well. Uh, you know, but overall, I think that the, the pros outweigh the cons. He has some inexperience there, especially play calling, but he's not going to be asked to do that. And listen, his defenses haven't always been the best, right? But again, he hasn't been in the position of being a coordinator for before. So getting to know that role for him could be the thing that tells the story there. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bears Central. Make sure you guys are following the channel at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform that we're on. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, chicagobearscentral.gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-242-9336. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related, thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, shot town up, but bear down. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media. Media.